you kick down walls and anyone who tells you you can't you take your fears your insecurities your worries you roll them all up into a ball you turn those son bitches sideways and stick them straight up that candy out pick your goal and stick fucking to it you wishy-washy motherfuckers i can't fucking stand you I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I the time and I don't have time for this and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. What's going on, welcome inside the BM Forum Live Fit Podcast. I am your host, fitness informant, founder, and CEO, Ryan Buckeye. Welcome inside the third edition of Mark Glazer, CEO of NutriBio here on the BM Forum Live Fit Podcast. The last of my in-person interviews as I made my FI appreciation tour over to New Jersey and New York several weeks ago. Sat down with Mark at the NutriBio facility, which, by the way, is a state-of-the-art facility. It's absolutely, it's immaculate. It's, it's fucking phenomenal. And when I was there, they didn't have the manufacturing equipment up and running yet, but I'm actually heading back there on Friday to, to check it all out. So Mark's having me come back to town, myself and Gerhardt, who is the senior, um, senior VP of content for Fitness Informant, are heading out to New Jersey on Friday to check out the new digs over at NutriBio with their entire manufacturing facility. It's just absolutely immaculate. It is uh, unbelievable to see that side of the business. A lot of us see the front end of the business, the consumer-facing side, right? We see the marketing, we see the labels, we get to use the product in terms of product experience, but to actually see how that product comes to fruition and what it has to go through is remarkable. And we had an opportunity to sit down with Mark. I had an opportunity to sit down with Mark after uh, I was there and I, I went through the facility before all the equipment was set up and it's just, it's a pharmaceutical-grade facility. It's absolutely phenomenal. And we talked about that. We talked about the FDA coming in and auditing them uh, for a three-week audit, an exhaustive audit from the government came in, not one, not one bad note from the FDA, but they elected to spend thousands, hundreds of thousands. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the total cost was, but it was like 100,000, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars, I believe. It was really, really expensive to upgrade their facility to be a, basically a pharmaceutical-grade facility. So they're setting out for the next you know, 15, 20 years. Not by any request, not by any requirement, but uh, the desire of their heart to become the best and make sure that they stay on top uh, in terms of branded supplements here within the sports nutritionist. So we talked to Mark about that. We talked to Mark about future innovations with NutriBio. We talked to him about 2019 and how NutriBio, you know, obviously here wearing their shirt, NutriBio kicked ass in 2019 and, and being a brand in, in the conversation for the 2019 Brand of the Year Award. So that's the conversation you get to see here today and listen if you're watching or listening via iTunes or Spotify. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube to stay up to date with all the new podcasts here, the Be Informed Live Fit podcasts. We have so many of them that are still coming out. We have uh, a bunch more that you guys have been just absolutely so supportive, and I thank you. If you have an opportunity, write a review. It helps out the algorithm so more people can can discover the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. So I'm stoked about this episode. Uh, we talk about a lot of new stuff that Mark and I have not talked about in the past. If you go, if you remember, and you've been following this podcast religiously, Mark Glazer was one of our first guests back in May or maybe it was June of last year. So when we first kicked this podcast off, then we have Mark come back on with Mark Loblinger, and then this is Mark by himself again. So he's the first time, basically, uh, three-time guest here on the show. But it just shows the respect and admiration I have for Mark as not only a CEO of a supplement company, but as a human being. And uh, Mark is um, hes very intelligent, he's very passionate, and it comes through in the conversation. So I'm excited about get, putting this out there for you guys and girls to listen to Mark Glazer, a guy that absolutely cares about you as a consumer, that absolutely cares about what you're putting into your body. And when we get some content from the behind-the-scenes stuff at this new manufacturing facility when I'm out there here in a week, you guys are going gonna to have a whole new perspective on NutriBio and in terms of what they stand for and what they represent. It's absolutely, it's absolutely amazing. This week's Pumped Up segment of the week is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's award-winning Vaso Blitz Pump Igniter. Not only is Vaso Blitz the winner of our 2018 Shield of Excellence Supplement Award for the Best Pump Rock, 
It is also the first nitrate formula fully disclosed with 30 servings, not scoops. When Vaso Blitz is consumed daily, even on your off days, it will last you a full month. All this for only $34.99. And as a special offer to our listening audience, use the coupon code INFORMANT and save 15% off on Vaso Blitz. I am pumped up about a lot this week, and I, I, I alluded to my upcoming New York City trip again, uh, but I'm pumped up about something else. Your boy, uh, if you listen to our Iron Jungle podcast, which is another podcast that I do with the Vanilla Gorilla, Drew Peters, I already made this announcement, and I'm making the announcement here on the Be Informed, Live Fit podcast, and this is the, the essential, the official announcement, and I'll actually be making the announcement more on our IG stories, is we are, and by we, I mean I have elected to finally throw my hat in the ring for competitive bodybuilding. Uh, I've been told for a long time from people like, obviously I, I have the shape, I have the physique. I get asked all the time, like, do you compete? And the answer was always, no, I never competed. And why didn't I want to compete? Well, I, for a while there, I didn't have a ton of desire to compete because I had, I guess I've had some issues with the fact like you work your ass off for 12, 16, 20 weeks in terms of prep, whatever your prep time is. And you step on stage and there's individuals below you who are judging you subjectively based on your look, not, you know, they don't give a shit about your hard work. And for me, for a while, I was like, well, you know, I'm not sure if I agree with that. But I'm also a very competitive-ass person, and I want to be the best in the world at everything that I do. And I know how much, how hard I work. I know the dedication I have. I know the desire I have. I know how fucking competitive I am and how I want to be the best and how I want to win. So in the spring of 2020, I will be competing in light heavyweight open bodybuilding uh, at a show here regionally in the Midwest. Uh, the, the goal... Uh, for me and my team, and my team consists of amazing people. Coach Adam Besick will be my coach. Uh, you may have he's been on the podcast here before, and you may have heard me talk to him about before. But Coach Adam Besick um, and my posing coach is Mike Gritty. If you guys want to Google Mike Gritty, you're going to see big fucking arms. I'll tell you that much. He'll be my posing coach, and we're going to put together a plan and start prep here, basically any day now uh, to do a show in the spring. Basically, April May time frame will be my qualifying show. The goal is to finish top three, and by top three, I mean the goal is to win the whole fucking thing, and then junior nationals in Chicago in June would be the ideal goal. All the while, all the while we're doing this, we are going to be filming the entire process, and I'm filming this process because I want to document, not just for me, but for everybody out there who's ever thought about doing a competitive bodybuilding show, whether it's classic physique, whether it's um, you know, whether it's whether whether it's bodybuilding or just men's physique, whatever it might be, or even women, right? Because the, the the prep is a little bit different, maybe for a man and a woman. But just to kind of give you a glimpse on like what it takes to be a competitor, or what you have to go through, how much money you have to spend because the shit's not cheap, and how to make it work. So the idea is it's going to be you know, a six to eight part document documentary series on YouTube. So basically we call it a docu-series, which each episode being like 12 to 15 minutes long, kind of walking through and tracing my steps to my first time on stage because I've never competed before. I've always just kind of looked the part. And as of today, this recording, I am 212.4 pounds at five foot seven and a half at about 10.4% body fat. So where I need to get uh, in terms of uh, in terms of light heavyweight is I need to be between basically, I think it's 176 and 190, something like that. Uh, I, I looked it up earlier today. Um, if possible, we could compete in dual class. We can do classic physique and bodybuilding. It just depends on where, where my coach feels that I'm going to be. Uh, but for those of you out there listening or watching, here's the fact of the, the matter is like I'm a hardworking guy. I want to win. I want to be the best. And here's an opportunity for me to test out my will and test out my mental strength, test out my physical strength and see do I have what it takes to do competitive bodybuilding. So if anybody ever in the past has said to me like you can't speak on bodybuilding competitions because you've never done it. We'll put that conversation to rest here real quick because I'm doing it and it's going to be all out there for you to see on our YouTube channel via Fitness Informant TV at YouTube. So that is what I'm pumped up about. Uh, I met with Adam, Coach Adam, here earlier today, and uh, it's going to be a really, a really cool project that I'm super stoked about. Our Genius Moment of the Week is being brought to you by The Genius Brand. The Genius Brand offers high-quality supplements with scientifically proven Clinically dosed all natural ingredients. With a blatant disregard for profit margins, the Genius brand focuses on creating innovative industry-leading wellness supplements to help you live an active, healthy, and long-lasting life. Supplements smarter today. Check out full reviews and brand news of the Genius brand over at fitnessinformant.com. This week's Genius Moment of the Week. Man, you know there's so many of them. There's so many of them that we could, we could talk about, but I want to talk about like basically nutrient timing in sports nutrition and supplements. And specifically, we get this question all the time. When should I take my creatine? 
You know, guys, I think we need to stop overcomplicating this shit. Um, you know, sometimes the labels say take take uh, with a meal twice a day. Like, listen, as long as you're getting the ingredients in your system, you're getting the benefit of that ingredient. In terms of creatine, you can take it pre-workout, you can take it post-workout. Fuck, you can take it two hours after your workout. As long as you're taking basically five grams of creatine monohydrate a day, let's just use creatine monohydrate as a staple here in this conversation, you are getting the saturation point of creatine monohydrate that will give you the benefits of strength and power output. It'll give you the benefits of maybe a fuller pump. It'll give you the benefits of muscular recovery. Creatine is meant to be taken daily. Don't overcomplicate the shit. That's the genius moment of the week is we are just overcomplicating every fucking thing that we do in fitness to the point it's driving me insane having to answer the same questions over and over again. So let's simplify this. Let's kiss this. Let's keep it simple, stupid. All right. Eat nutritious foods, lean proteins. Take your supplements if you need to. And don't worry about the fucking timing. Now, obviously, a pre-workout, you take pre-workout. That's why it's called a fucking pre-workout. But things like glutamine, creatine, fish oil, multivitamin, like there's no, there's no fucking perfect time to take this stuff. Just take it. That's the biggest thing. And, and, and you know, you're not going to achieve a benefit by taking creatine post-workout versus pre-workout. You're not going to put on an extra five pounds of muscle if you do that. So don't fucking worry about it. Just take it. Make sure you hit that saturation point and take it fucking daily like you're supposed to. And let's go. It's as simple as that. So that is uh, basically the genius moment of the week here is just stop overcomplicating shit, guys. Like, enjoy life. Be re- relax. R- you know, chill the fuck out. Relax. It's going to be okay. All right, everybody, Mark Glazer, CEO of Nutribio. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to toss it over to the man himself. Y'all enjoy this episode featuring the OG of sports nutrition. The Arguably, I believe, I think this is true, is the first brand to do away with proprietary blends and come out with full disclosure. The BAR, Breakfast at the Ready, is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates, with five of them coming from sugar, and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar, man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle, or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day, the BAR is your solution. Go to redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand. I absolutely love this stuff. The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder. You will see better pumps. You will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Middlesex, New Jersey. Is that right? That's right. Middlesex. Emphasis on sex. That's why you brought the company to Middlesex, New Jersey from Long Island. Yeah, and then we we launched Horny Goatweed right after that. Yeah, I'm sure you did. What's up, everybody? Welcome inside the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast. Third appearance for this guy. 
It's a goddamn legend. Uh, uh, What's up, buddy? Mark Glazer, CEO of Nutribio, one of my favorite brands on the entire planet. Uh, before I even started Fitness Informant, this was my go-to brand, my personal go-to brand, um, which we've talked about on, the, on our platform before, obviously the video in which you were called out by a competitor within the industry, Jim Sapani, and you, your, your rebuttal to his, um, kind of put Nutribio on the map. We've kind of talked about it before. I want to talk a little bit about, like, were, was there any hesitation on your part to release that video in your defense? Because you guys had not done YouTube. You really hadn't put yourself out there prior to this. And that kind of was the spark that ignited this massive flame of Nutribio and, and people understanding who you were and what you represent as a brand. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even put that out at first. Uh, I didn't care. You know, people talk shit about people all the time. So I'm not really responsive to that. Otherwise, I'll spend all my time arguing. Uh, and what happened was, you know, he, the, he did put our product down. A couple months went by and a, a bunch of people actually went online and did videos defending us. So I just let it go. But then he did, he did another video that just disgusted me that really attacked the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. So I had respect for him at one time because what, he was teaching people about proprietary blends and teaching people, you know, the, the good part about the industry, what makes a product good. But then he was on this video started telling everybody that, I think he basically said that any company out there that ha doesn't have the type of disclosure he has in his protein yeah. is faking it because it's their protein spiking. And he, and he called, was pointing to some serious brands that were, I thought were great and were really uh, going out on a limb to disclose their products. So I thought it was just counterproductive to the industry when we're trying to get it, people to understand what a good product is and then you just turn that into marketing and attack other companies. They yeah. weren't even mine at that point. So he wasn't even attacking me as much as he was other people. I just, I just thought that was not the right thing to do. So when I came up with that response is because I saw it as a, as a turn on the industry. Yeah. Confusion to the consumer to understand what is right and what is wrong. Right. And I remember earlier this summer we kind of like celebrated the, what, Five-year anniversary of the video, three-year. I can't remember what it was. No, uh, like time. Well, anyway, um, but you were kind of stunned about the number of views that were on the video. This thing obviously went viral. So many people saw it, and uh, that's how I discovered the brand from that video alone. And now, since that point, you've kind of become sort of this speaker of the industry, the guy who is out there cheerleading, doing the right thing all the time. You mm -hmm. go to Congress. You uh, are are teaching others education, educating others on ingredients from your manufacturing process here. Do you feel that you have like a sense of responsibility to this industry that you're kind of sort of that, you're not the scapegoat for it, but like you're the, you're, you're the professor of, of dietary supplements it seems like at this point, um, in which people turn to Mark Glazer for your opinion on, on all topics. Yeah, you know, I'm, we were the first to go no prop land and label to full label disclosure. And that's not the important thing. There's so many companies have, that have done it since. And, and that's just great because they're all changing industry. We're all part of this same thing where we're trying to get the consumer to understand the industry. So I'm, you know, it's more, I'm proud of the fact that Nutribio had something to do with it. So sometimes I say we're first, I don't mean that's better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of proud that you know, in the beginning we were made fun of for doing all this stuff. I mean, everybody attacked us for years and years, calling us ridiculous, going stupid. You can't uh, disclose this stuff. You'll go out of business, everybody will copy. So it was a fight for many, many years, other people attacking us. Uh, whenever I wrote about protein spiking or whenever I wrote about full disclosure or prop lens, it was just a viral attack on me. Right. Saying, oh, you're just doing this to build your brand, but it never was, you know, it was always, you know, all this stuff is not our marketing pitch. It's just, you know, the ethics that we believe that the consumer deserves, mm -hmm. you know? People are training hard, they're trying to change their lives, they're out in the gym and if I'm going to give them something with my name on it, it's got to be the absolute best that I possibly can. There's no place that I can cut corners in any way, shape, or form because I know my customer is not. They're expecting me to do something great. So, yeah, I think it's kind of cool that we were able to help an industry and uh, so many people are just doing it right now. And the industry to me is completely changing. I mean, right. it's still, you know, 70% is, hasn't gone that way, but the, the guys are all doing it right now. And people don't realize it's not easy. Mm -hmm. You can't just slap a label on a product, say, okay, we're disclosing this, we're getting rid of prop lens, because then you got to put real ingredients in there and put yeah. real dosages, and your product uh, goes up double, triple in price. Right. And now you got to contend with marketing against all these other guys who are paying four dollars to make a pre-workout and are having buy one buy two buy three get one all these crazy sales and they have no cost in the product so all these guys that are doing it right now they, it's it's not as easy as people think right it's not just slapping a label and say oh we're doing it now too it's like holy crap for us to do this we're 
our cost is going up tremendously for us to manufacture this product, for us to use real ingredients, for us to put the, a full, dis, you know, full therapeutic dosage in changes everything. Yeah, changes the dynamic of of everything you do. Your margins change, your business changes, everything changes. In terms of full disclosure and non-proprietary blends, that at one point was a marketing advantage. It was a competitive advantage on a marketing aspect. Like, hey, we're not afraid to tell you what's in our product. You guys were first to market. That was never a marketing ploy by you. It's what you wanted to do. It was the right thing to do. So you guys sort of have like that, we were first to market to do it, but now it's essentially uh, expected from the consumer, from the educated consumer. Right. So no, it's no longer a competitive advantage for new companies coming out there. Like, how do you do? You think it's a competitive advantage for Nutribio? I don't know. It wasn't a competitive advantage for the first eight or nine years because people didn't understand it. Sure. People, our own consumer didn't understand it because when we when we dumped that quarter million dollars worth of Prop One products, and then we mm -hmm. had to go back to a consumer and put a new product on the table and say, "Hey, this is non Prop One," then well, why are you doing that? Well, our other products sucked. It was yeah. fake. We didn't know about it. I mean, how do you explain that to the consumer that was following all those years? So those first couple of years that we did that, our own consumer just didn't get it. Luckily, right. they stuck with us. They believed in us because they always did. And they kind of understood that we were, we were making a change for the better. Sure. So, but then the next seven or eight years, it's just nobody cared. Nobody understood it. It's just been the last few years that the industry, the last five or six years, that the consumer is starting to get educated more. Mm -hmm. Not educated, but caring. Yeah. You know, consumers really starting to care what they're putting in their body. Uh, and now they're looking at brands a little different than they did 10 years ago. I mean, the younger kids aren't yet, the 18, 20. But the, you know, starting in 27, 28, mm -hmm. we see people asking a million questions. What's in your product? What's the dosage? Going back and forth to understand things. And I just think that's great. Uh, a mutual buddy of ours, Chris Gaffin, was on a recent podcast of ours in which he talked about, we, we talked about how proprietary blends are kind of like making a comeback in the mm -hmm. terms of like the stimulant blends and even overall prop blends because the proponents, those who are cheerleaders for prop blends say, and I hate this, but they say it's like it brings back the mystery of a pre-workout, which I think is just ridiculous. But... Chris thinks that companies are doing the prop blends because the marketing has changed now to exactly what your point, the younger, the 18, the 20 year olds who's not caring necessarily about what they're putting in their body. Do you agree with that? I, I think partially I agree with that. I mean, that generation doesn't really care. I mean, they care more about the, and I shouldn't say this, but I mean, we have loads of customers in sure, that range. Yeah. really, really do. But I think a lot of brands are just going to be cool. I mean, that's the whole marketing thing. How do you make your product really, really cool? Mm -hmm. And people go to it. And there is a big sector of the market that is just going to go to the product to be cool. Just like people buy beer or drink alcohol or smoke a cigarette or something to be part of that crowd that's, that they're marketing out there. That's just never been us. Yeah. Uh, I, but I really think the big reason that these prop lines are coming back is because people see the cost behind it. So they're fighting it. So it was doing great for a few years. Now in the last year, year and a half, we're getting a lot of kickback from mm -hmm. it. A lot of brands are arguing. A lot of brands are saying, no, we're doing that to hide our formulation. It's, it's our IP. It's our intellectual property. And it's, it's just not true. You can't, you can't hide that. If you're putting the ingredient on the label, then I can test your product. I'll know your formula in a, right. in a week. Uh, I just think that when you're doing a pre-workout that costs three times more than somebody else, and these other guys get in and say, okay, we're doing it now too, and they reformulate or go to reformulate and say, holy shit, our product's no longer $4. It's costing me $12 to yeah. make. Then they all of a sudden they're preaching, oh, I, you know, prop lens are bad, prop lens are, you know. Right. I think that's the real, you know, you gotta give Chris Gethin all, you know, all the credit in the world, man. Yeah, he had a huge following. He came out with a product line. He put his heart and soul into that product yep. line. So I just think his brand is phenomenal. I think what he's done is phenomenal. Phena uh, phenomenal spokesperson for this industry. Yeah. Really, really good. He's, he, he's very big on no artificial colors mm -hmm. uh, and, and no artificial flavors. Where do you stand on that topic? Uh, we've never used artificial colors. Uh, actually, we never used colors for years. Uh, uh, I was never a big proponent of whether it had artificial flavors or not. Sure. So. Uh, we're now switching. We have a separate line out without artificial flavors in it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, do you think consumers are going to care more? But it feels like in the UK movement, it kind of comes this way. It seems like some consumers lately on our platform, we've had more people talk about like the dyes. But I think also people are confused because if something comes out right, it could be because beetroot powder was used, mm -hmm. and they assume it was like an artificial flavor when it's not true. So, right. I mean, is that like a, do you, do you see that as being a competitive advantage for like your, your natural line, for instance, yeah. right? Like your natural line is great. Um, does that sell well for you guys? Are still a lot of people using it? Or it sells great, but the market is still is still ninety percent or or so not caring about about that. But it's it's changing. Right, it's changing over from 
you know, where it was years ago, where nobody cared, to more from more of a natural line. Sure. But there's a lot of issues with, you know, natural. We look at the products, nobody says natural in their products. Mm -hmm. All these plaintiffs' attorneys are suing every company because there's no real definition of natural out there by right. government or FDA standards, so that's causing a lot of problems out there. Uh, but yeah, we've made the switch to artificial. And people are always confused with us because we're like a, this pharmaceutical brand that has, you know, every ingredient listed. We're manufacturing to GMP. We have no fillers, no excipients, nothing added to that product, just a pure active ingredient at all. But then we had artificial flavors. Right. Confusing when we started to go to like Expo West and those shows like that. Uh, but that's what we've always been about. We've always been about the purity mm -hmm. of the product, the potency of the product, making that product the best it is. And now we're doing a little bit of a change over to a more natural product line. We talked about like the, the stimulant blends coming back. And just the term of stimulation in general in this country is kind of crazy at this point. I think your highest caffeinated product in your line is 335 milligrams maybe in pre-extreme? 350. 350. Um, we're seeing 400, we're seeing 450, we're seeing 722. Like, I mean, it's getting super high on just caffeine alone. Um, do you foresee government regulation stepping in on, on caffeine and stimulants at some point if we keep pressing the envelope and going higher and higher on these Yeah, things? I mean, if you keep going up to 700 and go higher than that, something's going to happen. And they jumped in uh, on caffeine just a few years ago bulk, to, right? you know, to bulk. You know, mm -hmm. We used to sell a little bottle of pure, pow pure powder. And they came out on it. We pulled it right from the market and we realized, yeah, that is dangerous. Somebody, you know, you, to scoop out 100 milligrams, it's easy to get 400 milligrams, mm -hmm. you know? And a lot of people are defending, and I see a lot of people arguing on your webpage are defending uh, these high dosages by saying, well, you have four or five cups of coffee, you're doing that anyway. But you're not, you're doing that over four to five hours. Yeah. You take a stimulant that has five, six, seven hundred milligrams plus five other stimulants in there, you're taking it in. In 30 seconds, right. you're just drinking it, you know, and then you're putting that all into your body at once. And I, I see that as a, as a danger. Even our 350, we won't do 350 of pure caffeine and hydrous, too hard hitting. So right. we're using dicaffeine malleate, which is slower. So you're not getting that all at that one shot, right. you know. So we're even lowering it that way. Uh, so yeah, I'm not into overstimulation. I think that's why prop ones are still used on on a lot of. Uh, these stimulants because nobody wants to say how much DMAA is in the product and there's still a lot of companies that are loading DMAA out there with a shitload of caffeine yeah. and then throwing everything else in there too. It's just, that to me it's crazy. Plus I don't want, I mean, there's a certain point where you don't want to rely on a stimulant to work out. Yeah. You know, I take, I have a stim and I have a non-stim. Mm -hmm. Certain days I take my stim, certain days I'll take the same pre-workout with no stimulation in right. it because I don't want to rely on it. So I, when I'm doing a, a heavy day like legs or something, then I might want it. But I'll also do that same day without a stimulant. Mm -hmm. You know, if I haven't had a rough night or something, then I'm, then I'm nailing it, right. obviously. But I don't want my body to, you know, I want my mind, my focus, my determination, my perseverance. I want that pushing my work in, not artificial stimulation. So yeah. that caffeine should just, you know, give you that edge. It shouldn't be what you're, and when you, what you're, what's the focus of your training. When you load up with DMAA and caffeine and the old amp citrine and stuff like that, yeah. I mean, everything else is gone. You don't need any determination. Your body's just an overload from stimulants. So. We had this conversation online too about at what point is there like a point of diminishing returns with caffeine in terms of like vasoconstriction, right? Mm -hmm. Like so I've been educating to our audience like if you keep stimming up what you're doing is you're constricting blood flow which is the whole purpose of working out in the first place is to get the blood to flow into the muscle bringing nutrient rich blood to help repair, recover and essentially grow muscles. So I mean yeah. do we know what that point is? Or in terms I, don't of so. I don't think so. Do you, I mean so and there you know there are studies that show that those higher dosages are not dangerous, but the, the issue is those studies aren't usually done on people sweating their ass on the gym, mm -hmm. raising their, their cardio rate, and also you're just doing a squat. I mean, you're not thinking it's cardio, but all that blood that's rushing through the body when you're putting 100% effort into that push, yeah. you know, and you're over-caffeinated there, nobody knows what's going to happen with that. You you're know? right on that. Uh, so, you know, I'm just... Uh, I'm just against these heavy, heavy stems. What's funny too, like even some of the studies that I've looked into on, on caffeine alone, right. the companies will, will say, well, you know, it's safe. The study says it's safe. Well, they use caffeine citrate, which yields 50% mm -hmm. caffeine versus mm -hmm. where they're using caffeine and hydros, which is 100% caffeine, which is a completely different ballgame. Um, you mentioned uh, like dicaffeine malate being like a 75, 74% caffeine roughly is what it right. yields, right? Um, you use that in pre and pre-extreme? Yeah, but we're still at 350 total caffeine. Total caffeine, right. right. You're yielding total caffeine right. in that. Um, there are new stems coming out, like there's dynamine, there's teacrine, there's all these, or there's sustained released caffeine now, or SR caffeine coming out. How, um, how closely are you guys as a company looking at some of these new innovative stimulants? Oh, we're always watching them. Uh, we're playing with dynamine now. Uh, you know, we have uh, 
Bruce and Ella are promising some cool stuff coming up. We have to see if it's Deshea or not, if right. it's safe or not. But, you know, we're also going to look at new stims coming out. But just like an amp citrate came out, I mean, we're one of the first companies to get it over from China, and they're shipping it to us. I won't put it in my product. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know how safe it is. Nobody knows what it is. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to grab these stims and just throw them on my products so that everybody can start talking about it. My, my consumer has a promise of safety, of efficacy. Right. So I'm not always the first to market with all these new ingredients mm -hmm. that come out. That's not, we're not known for, oh shit, this just this came out and Nutribio's got it. We're sometimes the last person to the market with it because of, of that efficacy issue. I mean, we talked about aglutine sulfate. We were probably the last company in the world to use it, right. and I happen to like it because we couldn't get find any ingredient in the industry that was over 68% pure, and it should have been pure. Nobody knew what the difference was. So when everybody, when it was big and it was making waves out there, we didn't have it for a year or so after. So I can't always say we're first to market with stuff, but right. when we do come to market with stuff, we believe in it. We've looked at the research, uh, and we know that when we give it to our customer that they're going to trust it. You guys are a premium brand. Yeah, your pricing is actually very fair um, in terms of like the, the, the competitive set. But one thing that you don't have is sort of like an economic formula of a pre-workout, which it seems like many companies now are, that are premium-based are looking at that market saying there's, there's, there's space for us to make some money there. Mm -hmm. um, which when we say economic, I mean, you're going to, you, you don't have to water down the product, but you can take things out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Any, anything, um, is that something Nutribio would ever consider doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take my pre-workout and lower the dosages so that you get a five gram scoop right. and everything is underdosed. But let's look at creatine monohydrate. It does not have to be in your pre-workout. Right. So when I make my pre, I'm considering everything that I want in there so the consumer doesn't have to grab. I, mean, I don't put uh, post-workout stuff in there, mm -hmm. but I put you know, things like beta-alanine doesn't have to be in your pre-workout either. No, it's a daily thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a daily thing. So I could take out beta-alanine. I could take out creatine and my price will drop and the customer is going to take it separately later on. Right. And that's ethical to me to do so. They just, if they want it, they buy it. I could take the pump aspect out of there and just have a pre-workout that's focus, concentration, a little bit uh, of just that end of it and mm -hmm. say, okay, here's a pump price. So, uh, yeah, you can break it apart and be efficacious at the same time. It's just that we did an, what I would call an all-in-one. Right. And that's what like Caged is and a lot of these products that have 24, 25 grams in them, they're more all-in-ones. They're not just a pre-workout, but they're putting beta-alanine and everything else in there. there, so there are. That's the only way I would ever do it. And we are. We're, we're coming out with a pre-workout and a uh, a pre and a pump that are separate. Okay. Okay. Very but cool. both of those will be completely efficacious on their own. That pre will be a pre. That uh, pump product will be pure pump. We're not going to be selling that as your pre portion of it. It's just to get blood flowing, get nitric oxide move, you know, effect. The reason I bring it up is people, consumers, when they look at your product, not, not the consumers really typically follow us, but there are many consumers that always argue or complain that the scoop size is too damn big. Right. So, wait a second. Like, <laughs> there's a reason why it's that big. But they right. still, they go back to the old days of Jack where they're doing microdosing and I think you're right. getting like 3.2 grams of serving. So there are the consumers that just don't want to take a big scoop. So can you appeal to those consumers that want maybe yeah, you can uh, buy 11 gram serving? Yeah, but don't forget what all those formulas were back then. Oh, they garbage. were just stimulants. Yeah. There was nothing. If there was citrulline in there, it was 500 milligrams or, you know, right. everything was underdosed. It was a small formula but everybody believed it worked because the stimulant portion of it was high. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people think in the gym, you know. You hear people talk about pre's in the gym. What are they talking about? Man, oh talking my about God. The, yeah, I'm wired out, yeah. you know. It's like they're on crack or something. And that's what goes around. Yeah, I took this. This was great. It felt great. I worked out hard. But they're looking at all the other ingredients in there that they're expecting to get something from, but they're all underdosed. Mm -hmm. So that's what the majority of these products have been in the last, you know, five, ten years. It's been completely underdosed products, completely overstim products. And the stim has carried the product. They still exist. And that's unfortunate. And they still sell a ton. Yeah. Like, I mean, we were talking about this earlier off camera, but you walk into a GNC, there is a certain brand that sells a ton. Uh, recently, uh, on a group that we follow on, on like Facebook, they posted um, the test results of what is considered the number one selling pre-workout on the market, I think, in brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. It's a very small dose. It doesn't even meet, it doesn't even equate to what the label claims. Um, okay. you, do you remember what I'm talking about? No. Okay. Uh, we, we can talk about it later. Well, actually, but, I think I saw the article. Yeah, yeah, so like, um, and... I was kind of naive because I couldn't figure out what you guys were all talking about. Oh, sure. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so there's this certain pre-workout that sells a lot. People buy it, and according to this test results that came that's publicly shared uh, online that's not even close to what's in the product. I mean, there were, there were ingredients listed on the test results that aren't even listed on the label. So like that company doing the amount of sales that they do, I mean, are, should they be worried that this thing's floating out there that they might get called out on it, that something could actually potentially happen? Oh yeah. 
The problem, I think, is that the FDA doesn't have the manpower to go after any of this, so they're not going to. Uh, the only protection the consumer has are plaintiff's attorneys that might hear about some of this stuff and just start suing to make sure. their own money, and that doesn't do much because they, they settle mm -hmm. you know, behind the scenes and they continue to go on doing it. Uh, the FDA just doesn't have the manpower to, to keep chasing these companies that pop up out of nowhere. What's going on with the FDA, by the way? Because the, first off, was it Scott Gottlieb, or what was his name? Yeah, was, Gottlieb. Gottlieb right? He was there, he left, right. um, but the FDA was more active in 2019 than they had been like the previous five years combined. It right. seemed like within dietary supplements, they put several ingredients that um, I believe are safe. I think that you've actually used several of these ingredients before, too, that are on the dietary advisory supplement list now. So they're, they're doing stuff. Right. I don't know who's doing it, um, but they had plans to potentially maybe be more hands-on within the space, and then he left. Do we know where the FDA well, that's, stands? Well, that was his big promise. Then he left within the month. Right. Yeah, he, he started. Got started focusing. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make some changes here. We're gonna go after CBD. We're gonna make some uh, some rules on that. We're gonna go after these companies. But then he disappeared. So it's still in the middle. Nobody knows where it's going right now. Are you worried at all? No. So let's talk about your 2019. Okay. It was fun. First half. You're busy every week, every yeah. Friday or Crazy. Thursday. I was posting something about NutriBio, whether it was a, a new flavor, um, a, a, you know, new products, whatever. You guys came out with a bunch of cool new products. You came out with KSM 66 ashwagandha. You came out with an, an alpha GPC, two, two very important, really good ingredients. And then your flavors, which is what, the, which is what you spent right. your last year on. Um, now, the first half is done. Right. You can breathe. What's up for the second half? Well, I think the first half we launched more than one average of more than one product a week. So sure. every Friday we introduced the products, and we didn't plan. It wasn't a marketing thing. After the first month or so, everybody started to say, "What are you guys doing?" Every Friday you're launching a product. So we said, "Yep." For the first six months, just because we all had that, we spent 2018 really focusing on all this. You know, mm. yeah, flavor was not my important thing years ago. You know, I just wanted the purity of the product. I didn't flavor most of my products in the beginning. Uh, but we realize that the consumer wants something that tastes good. If they're going to take my protein every day, it better taste good. And there's companies out there just killing it with mm -hmm. flavor. You know, so we decided we had to make some changes for consumer demand. We yeah. wanted the product to taste good. Because, I mean, nothing pisses me off more than I see somebody with a product in the hand, they're reviewing it. The product is shit. And there's nothing in it, or the protein is garbage, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's the best tasting flavor in the world," and they're talking great about it. Yeah. And I'm like, "Wow!" And the per person's just taking this product based on flavor alone. When I got this product, or other people have these products that are insane, and they're just dismissing them. So mm -hmm. we played the game. We said we're going to reflavor everything, and I think we came out with some of, if not a few, of the better best flavors in the industry. I mean, our breakfast launch, which was cinnamon. Uh, donut and maple pancake syrup and uh, blueberry, which just killed it. Yep, very good. Uh, Massive our upgrades. Banana, what's that? They're our, upgrades for sure. Our bourbon banana nut, I think, is one of the best tasting products on the market. And then we just did our whole pre, pre extreme reload, BCAA, EAA, just all of those. We reflavored everything. And you had flavors to your natural line, which yeah. I thought was big because sure, that, that was board. one area in which you only had like one or two flavors or it was unflavored. Yeah. So, um, and we're not done with any of that. I right. mean, we're, we're not going to be releasing it weekly now mm -hmm. but i think the second half of the year is different there'll still be more flavors we have three more flavors already planned that we put together last year that are going to be industry first type things that are going to be insane like we've been doing this year but the second half of the year is going to be more like we're doing a powdered thermogenic you know that we hope is going to be kind of revolutionary to the industry we're doing a pump product we're doing a powder pre-workout we're doing a nootropic you know we're out of that we were we were the first in the in nootropics in the sports supplement industry mm -hmm. back in 96 97 and then we got out of it and i think it's an important part of a daily regimen so we'll be releasing that so the second half we're going to continue on with flavor enhancements like our um our base pre-intro reload is, is done, so they'll get one or two more this year flavors. Our WPI, which is our you know our biggest seller, yep. is, is been switched around. The classic way hasn't. We've only introduced one or two. Delicious. So that's going to go through the whole cycle. Muscle Matrix just got one more. That's going to get a couple more flavors. So we're going to build on what we've been doing. But the new innovative product launches are what's going to happen second. Cool. Second half, like the what's coming up this week, Upload. I don't know if you've seen this one yet. No, I, so, I've seen it on your guys' desk, yeah, but I wasn't so this, sure what it was. So. Well, um, I don't know when this is going to air, but this is coming out this week. It'll be updated by that point. Upload yeah. is a standalone estrogen bioperin product. Okay. So uh, we started adding uh, estrogen, really believe in, looked at all the research. There's a boatload of research, and they're continuing on with that research now, uh, showing that it enhances uh, absorption mm -hmm. of many ingredients, like uh, uh, 
amino acids up to 67 percent right. uh, curcumin increases fish oil increases so it, you know, you're taking supplements that you're taking by adding this and adding by operin you can increase the absorption you can double the effectiveness of it you're, you're so saving we, you're saving companies money by the way and by by doing this because now they're just like hey i don't have to use it anymore mark can just sell a bottle yeah, well, of this and we'll call well, it what's cool is we you know when we first started using it in our pre in some of our products it wasn't in premium by operin when we took it out because uh, we realized there was no study that it increased mm -hmm. the things that were in there. Uh, but we thought it was more of an acute. You took it with that particular ingredient and it increased absorption at that time. But I was working with the owner, the president of the company, and we spent a lot of hours discussing the, discussing the mechanics behind it and realized, no, that's not the way it works. Once it's in the body, it's going to increase absorption of all of these ingredients you're taking. Yeah. So we started seeing how often it had to be taken, how, how much you had to take, and we came up with a, a two a day. You take one in the morning, one at night. has bioperin in there and has estrogen in there, 50, 50 milligrams. Mm -hmm. and and uh, so now you can take it just like you take a daily vitamin. Yeah. And throughout the day, it's going to be enhancing all the pre-workout, all the post-workout, all the BCAs, all those ingredients throughout the entire day. So we're really excited. I think it's the first on the, on the market to do that. Uh, cool. So um, this is one of the most exciting products that we're launching That's so good. far this yeah. year. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, Mark. Come back, talk a little bit more about 2019, and then talk about what's going on behind me through some walls, which is uh, very exciting stuff for NutriBio in terms of a new manufacturing facility, essentially. Right. Basically, I mean, it's the same building, but it's completely different. Same inside. show, yeah. Same side. So we'll be right back after this. So this is it. The new flavor is in production as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. This is it. Galaxy Burst. This flavor has a burst of candy with a hint of tart, leaving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. After months of testing and formulations, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. Right, so like we were talking about this product, which will be out by the time this comes, which is Upsorb, which is really cool. Um, you mentioned earlier on the first half of the show that you're coming out with a standalone pre and a standalone pump. Mm -hmm. Like, is that 2019, 2020? 2019. Okay. So you're gonna, uh, you can expect a nootropic coming out from us, probably a capsule and a powdered nootropic, a powdered vitamin what we're working on right now. Uh, digestive enzymes we're working on, uh, pre-pump, separate, like you were saying before. So you can build one on the other. Right. Uh, a lot of kind of really cool products using uh, newer ingredients that are out that we think are effective and efficient. The new tropics interesting because I, I believe that like that that mind muscle connection or that is becoming a bigger thing now. You see, in the RTD market, you have energy drinks, but now you're having these drinks come out that are sort of like nootropic infused right. coffee, nootropic infused drinks using things, great ingredients like lion's mane or alpha GPC. Mm -hmm. Your, my favorite launch of yours in 2019 was alpha EAA. I yeah. thought it was great. I thought it was a, an awesome, it's something you're going to drink daily. I mean, for me, I drink it quite often. Um, how, how happy are you with that product? Oh, great product. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, came up with that product, uh, decided not to put caffeine into that product. You know, nootropic doesn't, you know, everybody's putting caffeine in everything. It's mm -hmm. just, you, 
you're taking it in everything you do. I even see intra workouts with caffeine now, post I mean, it's like stick it in, in whatever. Uh, so we thought, you know, let's make this an EAA product, heavy BCA EAA product, but let's make it something that you can sip throughout the day. People don't want more caffeine, or if you do, you have your coffee, but let's put good nootropics in here. Uh, and Alpha GPC was just, you know, what we started with. And that product has just gone viral. I mean, it's probably one of our better selling products. It's a great right ingredient. Now. And we did some great flavors with it. So you can ask, that's what I'm drinking right now. Mm -hmm. So you just drink it a couple times a day, you sip it throughout the day, you're getting two doses of Alpha GPC, you're getting BCAs, EAAs, uh, hydration through it. It's just a terrific product. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, are there any interesting nootropic ingredients that you're looking at that we might not know much about yet? Well, the the issue we're having with nootropics, not the issue, the reason we're being slow on it is because, you know, the whole concept of what a lot of people do when they formulate is just kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. You know, throw everything in there. Yeah. You, know, you do a pre-workout, throw everything. You do a nitric oxide, like when our, our new NO product, our pump product comes out, we're looking at different pathways, so we're not just throwing 10 ingredients in that do the same thing and they're not going to have effectiveness. That's our challenge right now is to see how we can put a nootropic together because the difference between a nootropic and any of these other products is, all right, you don't even notice if you pre-workout if something's conflicting with something else. So you don't train as hard, but nootropic, it, it messes with your brain. Mm -hmm. I want somebody to take a nootropic and actually feel, feel it. Right. You know, you, if you put in too many into one, you don't know the effect. So that's what we're doing. We're trying one against the other. And we're not gonna say what we're putting out yet, but I think it's gonna be pretty cool. I'm excited for it. I'm a big nootropic guy. And I, I gotta ask you a question. You're, you're, a, you're a biker. Yeah. You like to ride bike quite a bit and a lot. We were talking about before we came on here, you just had a trip out to Colorado with your buddies. We're right across, we're in a small town Middlesex. We're right across the road from a guy who like builds Harleys or like makes Harleys. Right. Has he not offered to build you one yet? What's going on here? Oh, he has all my bikes over there. All of them? Yeah. Do you have a Harley? I have a Harley Street Guide. Do you? Okay, I didn't think you had custom choppers that are sitting across the street in his shop right now. So how many bikes do you have? Five. Do they all get driven? Uh, well, yeah, because I, I use my Street Glide as a regular bike running around. The uh, BMW is more of an off-road, on-road, it's called adventure biking. Okay. So that we take, yeah. you know, out into the desert, but we're going off-road. So we're, you know, it's made to be on the highway to sure. get some place and then take it off and just start hill climbing and going crazy. So that bike's used totally different. That's on the West Coast for, for going out there. And uh, no, I don't use my choppers that much anymore because I'm doing more long distance. Sure. More like bar hoppers. Yeah. They're really cool a few years ago, custom paint jobs and all that, but not what, using those. When did you get into it? I've been riding my whole life. When you were a kid too? Yeah, dirt bikes. My first bike was a uh, RMZ 80 Suzuki. So you're out there off-road with this BMW. You're 50, what, 56? 56. You don't look 56. Oh. I mean, when you're out there, would you feel like you're 30? Yeah, Until the next day? No, I feel like I'm 25 years old all the time. What, what do you say? Age is just a number? Is that kind of yeah? Thing? I mean, I, I literally feel like a kid all day long. Yeah. I, when I, whatever sport I'm doing, I mean, I get sore training like everybody else does, but I don't get sore because of my age. I get sore because I'm, I'm nailing it at the gym. Right. I, mean, I get off a bike for eight hours a day. I'm not like feeling like an 80 year old man. Oh, my back! And yeah. I don't feel anything from it. You know, it's because a lifetime, a lifetime of fitness. I've been doing this since I was a little kid. Right. You know, and I've been doing it. I think the right way. Do you, you miss your karate days? Yeah. What I do you miss most about it? Uh, when people listening, like you might not know, like this dude was on magazine covers for, for your accomplishments in, in karate, and I don't think a lot of people know that, unless, you, unless they're friends with you personally, like on Facebook or something, because right. you don't, Nutribot doesn't talk about it. No. But I think it's very, like you could kick somebody's head off, like this bottle cap challenge that's going around, like you probably I just could, saw that. Yeah. That was really cool. I've been dying <laughs> to try that. Like you probably could do that. But like, um, what do you miss about it the most? Uh, I miss training with the students okay. bar and getting out there in the classroom. I still train three or four days a week, but mostly okay. bag work and, and solo type of stuff. Uh, you know, I love to get out in the classroom. I love to teach. Uh, I love to spar. I mean, I just love to be out there kicking. Uh, so yeah, I'm missing that more and more now. Well, I've never given up. I mean, I literally have trained at least three times a day every single week, you know, since I was a kid. Have you ever been in a real fight? Uh, possibly. Can you tell us the first time? No. Okay. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go back to that? This is the type of yeah. stuff that people don't ask. And I just feel like you're a badass in terms of like karate. Obviously, you're fit. I'm assuming you won. Yeah. When I mean, you're here. I'm here. <laughs> 
All right, tell me about what's going on behind me. Right now it's empty, but next week, by the time this comes out, it's gonna be going on, but you guys dumped in a ton of money. Um, and it, that's not even like the most important thing. The most important thing is you're improving your processes, although you didn't have to, uh, to set you up for success for the next 10 years for the consumer. So um, if you follow us on Instagram, we, we post some of this stuff. We're gonna try to post some of this stuff overlay really on top of this video too, if we have some footage that we can show people about what's going on behind us mm -hmm. in, your, in your upgraded, like 20, 30 manufacturing facility that you guys put a bunch of money into. Yeah, well, we just had an FDA audit. It was the toughest we ever had, three yeah. week, three week audit, uh, which was crazy. I mean, the stuff they looked at was insane. I mean, this auditor, I, I really never met when she took our logs for, just like our sanitation logs for the room and machines, mm -hmm. and she took a full year's worth. And she didn't glance through pages. She calculated every single line, every single day, how many minutes it took to clean this machine for the entire year. And if one machine was averaging out at 15 minutes, and all of a sudden there was one for cleaning for seven minutes, she flagged it and we had to explain it. It was, and she did that in, in our MMRs, our BPR, our testing results and everything. I've just never seen anything it like that. It feels like she came looking for something like that. No, I, I, she was, the, the FDA has to tell you. Right. We, you can ask the FDA when they walk in for an audit, is, was this from a complaint or is this just a regular audit? And they have to and tell you what it is. Yeah, so we know that it wasn't somebody complaining and then looking for something. She was just tough. But the orders are getting better and better. Our first audit years ago uh, were pharmaceutical orders, orders on the CFR 211. They didn't really know what to look for or what right. to do. They came in, they asked a few questions, they were here two or three days or whatever. But they've been getting much tougher because they're now, the auditor understands the industry and understands you know, sometimes they came in, they wouldn't even ask about identity testing or they'd leave some important things out. It wasn't even on their mind. Now they have a checklist, at least for us. And it, it was an intense audit. So when they left, about 30 days later, we started this and everybody's questioning, uh oh, mm -hmm. Nutribio got in some trouble. No, we had no warning letters, not one observance. A 483 is an observance they give you. Sure. So they'll give you a form, it'll have what, an observance or two or three or five or whatever. And it's not that they're not bad. So. You know, they just found something that they want you to fix. And right. you have 60 days, you fix it. You send your, you know, what you've done to them and they either okay it or they don't okay it. Uh, we didn't even, after three weeks of that kind of intense, we didn't get 140 through one observance uh, in that whole thing, which just was, was great. I took our, everybody, because when, when they're here auditing, it's crazy. Like they'll ask for a form and I'll be screaming to where is it? You know, and everybody's jumping and going crazy to try and get everything together. So they were scared to death, my team, you know, the whole <laughs> three weeks. So we put them all in a room out there and I had 483 forms with me. And I was looking like I was pissed as hell. And they're all there and they're all scared to death. Because they're like, you lose a form, you can't find something during yeah. the week, everybody's under pressure. And I pass out these 483 forms and I'm mad as hell about the 483s. And they're looking at them and somebody goes, uh, these are blank, I think you have the wrong ones. And I'm just looking, they, they weren't realizing, we just, it was great and uh, it was just, I just like fell to my knees. I yeah. smashed my knees. I put my arms up and I'm like, that's it guys. That's, I didn't mess up. That's our 483. We got a lot You know, it's all the pride that they have because yeah. I sit, sit here all day and I walk around, but they're the ones, you know, we've, I think around 80 employees, they've got to follow every one of these procedures and they could cheat on the side, you yeah. know, and somebody else can cover for them. But I'll tell you what, when these FDA audits come, they're not looking for a cursory stuff that you can see. They're not, they walk through the facility, they might see some, but when they hit that paperwork, they're checking everything, mm -hmm. every single number. It's crazy. So you can't hide that stuff. You know, you might be able to see them walk in the door one day and yell in the back, clean up, sweep, and they walk in and it's neat. But you can't go back and change your paperwork. Right. And uh, I just take so much pride in this group of people, man, because they just, they, they're the ones who make this happen. Right. You know, they're the ones who make this product the way it is today. And they're the ones who keep, you know, these are, I don't know if you can see over there. Can you see? In the camera? I don't know. Maybe no. probably not. No. no. All right. So those are all the SOP books yeah. we're talking about. There's hundreds of operating procedures that these people have to be trained on and mess up one thing and it messes up down the line. So, uh, you know, we had to come public with that. We had to say, no, we got no observances. We got no 43s. Right. We're not redoing this facility because the FDA was here. We're not doing it out of desperation. We're doing it out of inspiration. And it really was because we have this thing called BioCrew. It's been out for a while. Uh, Ben was here, he changed the name, but he really got it going. You know, got to give him all, all the thanks for doing that. And uh, it's just a few thousand people mm -hmm. that use our product, that don't use our product. You're in there, mm -hmm. you know, Drew, uh, everybody's in there and they're just helping each other and they're talking to each other. Sometimes I can't even get an answer out because some, by the time somebody asks a question, five other people yeah. have helped them out. And it's just the most amazing thing that I've seen in years and I, I just love it. So I, I just read these things every day and I see that the... 
the confidence they have in what we do here. Mm -hmm. And it's a risk to take these products, uh, you know, not a risk as far as dangerous or anything, but you're putting your money out there. Yeah. And I just read what these people say about me, about a product, about everything. I'm like, holy shit, you know, we got to take this to the next level. And that's kind of what inspired me like six, eight months ago to say, okay, we're doing it. So when the FDA came in, we had already scheduled to do this. So yeah. we've been shut down for three weeks. We basically took this place down to a shell. And we're trying to bring it up to what I would consider almost, you know, pharmaceutical grade. We're not going to get a pharmaceutical license. We're a dietary supplement company. Um, but we're taking it to the next level here. And we didn't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we already had a, a GM, full GMP facility right. here. But what we're doing now, it's just, I think, taking it. It's not to increase proficiency or, or how much we can produce. It's to increase quality of the product. And I'm kind of proud of that. How do you feel about the third-party certification programs that are out there, like uh, banned substance-free? BSG, and then they have like certified sports, and I mean, you pay for these licensing fees for people out there. Like, you still have to pay to be part of it. That's how they make money and stuff. Like, I mean, you guys don't use those. You guys have, um, you know, you're an FDA like um, facility, out of the facility. Like, you pass that right. it's GMP. Those are types of things that you put on your products. Like, is it important? Do you think? Or is it something you're gonna look into? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, we can't do a lot of the banned sports things because they're testing batch by batch. Mm -hmm. And we're a small batch company, so sure. to spend thousands of dollars on one batch, we make, you know, the way we do our proteins is we make them practically weekly, right. every two weeks max. We do small batches because we want the product as fresh as we can, we can do. Uh, but we do something different that nobody else is doing in the industry at all right now, is that's testing every single product through mm -hmm. third-party tests. So before we release it here, we test it here, but we don't. We, we do qualitative testing in-house. Right. If it passes that, it goes out for third-party quantitative taste testing, HPLC, whatever, to make sure that product is what it's supposed to be. So it's so not trust mark laser. It's a, you can verify what products I've put out there. Uh, but I think we're looking at UL and some of those to put a, another certification program on there. Mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, they're kind of okay. They're, uh, I never saw the importance of it. It's just a, it's kind of a marketing thing. Uh, the FDA does not recognize right. that. As a matter of fact, when they come in for an audit, if you have that in your in your book, they will not even allowed to look at any of that stuff. But I think you know NSF and all this stuff is kind of kind of cool. So well, you guys have checkmysubs.com, which is better than all these. I mean, in terms, yeah. in my opinion, just because like this is telling you, there's no certification program on the planet that says this is efficaciously dosed. Because I mean, you could argue that all day, but if right. you if you know like. Uh, you know, three to five grams of citrulline or six grams of citrulline is what you want. You go to check my subs, you look at that product, you find that you have, you know, 6.01 right. grams or whatever. That's validation. Right. And, and we've talked about this at the Arnold this last year when we actually saw you there. Um, and you were, you were happy with the traffic to that site. I haven't seen you guys push it a lot lately. Is that something in the back half of the year that kind of bringing back to the farm. And keep in mind, like, you're very lean staff, too, here. So, I mean, you guys probably could hire 50 people, yeah. you know, I mean, at the same time. So, Check My Subs, I think, is great. Or is it something that maybe most consumers still just aren't to the point where they understand what they're doing? Uh, I, we're, we're not a marketing company. We're, like, backwards. Sure. Uh, manufacturing product companies. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're trying to get more marketing in, but that's not our forte. Our forte mm -hmm. is making a product, making it clean, making it good, and let people talk about it. So yeah, we've had Check My Stuff's out. It's there, you can see it, but we're not, we're not pushing it like crazy just because yeah, we're, we're not that marketing machine right. out there. I think that's the only reason why. Uh, if people go to that site or it's right on our regular website, yep. so you can see it right on the page of the product. Um, I think it just builds up another level you know uh, with the consumer and you know we're talking about some of these certifications in GMP but GMP is only part of it right. I mean GMP means that you're manufacturing the product the way it should be manufactured if it's done to full GMP spec what's on the label is going to be in the bottle and it's not going to be contaminated it's going to be done the right way so you should have confidence in what's in that bottle but now you have an issue of well what the fuck's a formula mm -hmm. if the formula sucks it's like you said a moment ago Nobody tells you what the efficacious dosage is. Right. Dosage, FDA doesn't care about it. They're not coming and say that. Right. So you might have a product that's GMP and made to exact specifications, made pure, everything is done perfectly in there, but the formulation is garbage. Right. So you know you have both sides of that. And here you have a formulation that's great, and a company's really enthusiastic about putting a good product out to the market, but they send it to some manufacturer who doesn't know what the hell they're doing, doesn't follow GMP, so they're out there to make a really good product with good efficacious formulation, but the product is made to garbage. In the right. facility, so you got to have both a great formula, and you have to have GMP. So when you see that GMP logo with their NSF logo or any of those logos, or a company tells you, "Oh yeah, we're just past FDA audit," that's great. That means the product is manufactured properly. 
but it doesn't mean the product's any good. Right. You still have to have that formula behind it yep. that is a good formula because it's what, you know, a good manufactured bottle with a crap formulation is just still a bottle of crap. Correct. Either way, one yeah. right after the other. We're going to see if NSF, GMP, it's still, like you said, um, a bottle of crap. Yeah, so it's a kind of a double-edged sword because people see another certification on there or hear me talking about, oh yeah, we didn't get any 43s, but they get too much confidence in that. I could still have a crap formula. We don't, yeah. obviously, you know, our form we're trying right. to make the greatest formulas. Right. But the consumer's got to be careful because the more things that they hear about sometimes gets them overconfident sure. in the product. You take inspiration from any other brands in this space? Yeah, there's a lot of good brands out Which there. one's kind of like, if you weren't going to take Nutribio, like, which, which brands stand out to you as something you would get inspired Well, I was at bodybuilding.com's uh, show this year, and uh, we uh, gave out every freaking sample we had. I had no pre-workout at all. Okay. So we were going to the gym. I had nothing. So I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go over to Chris Gethin's booth and get his, because I think he has a great product line out there. I got to their booth. They didn't have anything at all. Okay. I always said, you know what, because people ask me that question. I said, probably caged. So I went over, they had nothing, but then one of the sales guys dug out a packet okay. that he'd already partially opened from his gym bag and I took it. And I trained on it, it was a great product. Uh, but there's, you know, there's a lot of, man makes some good products. I like the way they, you know, have disclosure on their proteins. To me, that's really big. I mm -hmm. think that's part of the, you know, a lot of pre-workouts, post-workouts, BCAEAs always had, you know, from the beginning had, had uh, everything listed on, but proteins are still a big, crazy ripoff in this industry. Not many companies are, really putting what's in there, but yeah. uh, so there's not a lot of disclosure in protein powders. Now there's seven or eight brands out there, like Ghost does it, right. I think that's great. Uh, I, I like Inspired's products that are coming out, I think he's doing a great job. So it's cool, there's a lot of good products on the marketplace now, and there's like this, I think it's a new generation of people. Some of them have been from other companies, been right. around a long time, and are putting out their own product line, but they're put, they really love you know, what they're doing and go after and giving a good product to the consumer. I want to talk about Ghost just for a second because they've done something too that's unique in terms of full transparencies. They're, they're actually putting more like yields now. They came out um, recently with a pre-workout that had betaine nitrate. And what they did is they actually put the yield of betaine and the yield of actual, the actual nitrate mm -hmm. in it, which is something that we had not seen before. And they've done the same thing with their creatine too, mm -hmm. like their creatine monohydrate yields this amount right. of creatine and hydros. Should the industry go to that, to that, to that extreme? Why not? The more disclosure you can, the better. Is that something, because you guys fully disclose everything in terms right. of your protein. You can tell like, you know, 28.12 grams of whey protein mm -hmm. yielding 25 grams of protein. Is there, are there any certain ingredients in your current lab right now that you probably could go a step further and do that to that you, off the top of your head? Well, if you take something like creatine, it's standard. Right. If you know the formula, you know the formula, you can't change that. It's, mm -hmm. it's a chemical. Uh, but I, I think we kind of disclose it all. Like when we do dicaffeine malate, we're telling you how much. We do alpha GPC. That's a weird one because everybody puts alpha GPC, 300 milligrams, but alpha GPC yields alpha GPC. Right. The name of the product and the name of the active are different, but alpha GPC is only 50% alpha GPC. Right. It's one of those weird ones that doesn't have two names. And you can't it, tell yeah. as a consumer sometimes, are they listening to the yield or are they listening to the actual? Right. Most the name of the product and the name of the active yeah. is the same, which is not normal. Right. So. And we've seen that with huperzine too. It's, it's, some yeah. of that stuff is kind of unique. Right. Um, with, but with, no, I, I mean, we can always disclose more. We're always looking to disclose more and more and more. I mean, I think we do everything out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can't. If somebody else is doing some more disclosure, that's great. I mean, that's what the industry needs. How long you been in this facility for before you all grow it? Uh, a couple of years, three years maybe. It's been insane, like your growth. You mentioned like you started back in 96, um, but probably the last five, six years has really been exponentially just on a, an upward climb. Yeah, I think it started before what you were talking about. This was fun. We were always direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. So for 23 years, the first 18, we were direct to consumer. So we did our own thing. We weren't really out there in the industry. We weren't advertising. We were marketing. It was really old school word of mouth. It wasn't even internet word of mouth or social media. Catalogs too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I still do it. We, were, we started off as a catalog. Company, yeah, I remember I got know? a package from you guys and had a catalog. I said, what the, what is this? Yeah, this thing exists. We thought it was cool technology. Yeah. A consumer could call on our phone line yeah. like 20 years ago and they could hit <laughs> buttons on the phone to order products like the SKU number one, two, yeah, three. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. Now they can order when we're not here. I mean, everything has changed. But we were direct to consumer all these years. And then we launched and decided when everybody started to start coming in with no prop blends. We realized the industry hadn't made that change. Mm -hmm. So we popped out there and we started to go to a lot of the trade shows like Europa's and then all of a sudden we appeared at Europa and everybody's like, who is this company? So that was really the time where everything started to really hit because a lot of companies didn't. Everybody thought, 
you know, our bottles, like you said earlier, thought we were a copy of Muscle Farm because we had green and black, but that was our logo and our colors right. from 1996 on. And then people said, oh, you're another new no-prop blend company now. We're the first no-prop blend. And then people started to question us, and then people started to realize the history of us. And that's kind of what started the, the whole thing before uh, that videotape came out. That yeah. was like the big changeover. Uh, and from then on, it just ex exploded. What's scary, and it's not scary, it's good, but like, you guys really haven't hit your full potential yet. I mean, it's, no, I, I, everything we do is, is not for fast growth, it's for strong growth. Right. You know? I don't want to be the fastest growing company and then die in three years from now. You know, we started going on internet sites, we have to be very careful where we go. We don't want people destroying our product. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you lose, it's, it's you know, bad to say, but if you lose control of the price of your product, you lose control of the quality of your product. Right. If you can't control what everybody calls MAP, minimum advertised price, and you have all these websites selling your protein, for five percent over margin, like they do on Amazon, and consumers start to get used to paying that, then mm -hmm. everybody else wants their margin. You have to start devaluing your product. Right. You have to change the proteins in there, put more WPC in there, and we won't do that. Right. So it's always a fight. Our growth is to do it slowly, but do it strongly. Control the price out there so the consumers paying the same price everywhere. So. Now, some people look like, oh, you're just trying to make money, you don't want it on sale. No, it's not that. I want to keep the quality. If I do buy one, get one, buy one, get one, buy two, get one, and my $40 product is selling for $30, yeah. so that's all the consumer is going to pay for it. Now my $30 product is not a $40 product. I have to manufacture it differently. So that's you know, it's one of the things that you got to watch out for out there. So our growth is slow, steady. We're not trying to you know, go crazy. It's, it's, it's been a great year in 2019. Yeah. When I walk into this, this place, the first thing I see is the 2017 Brand of the Year Award that you have up a lot. first thing we have. Uh, the 2019 Award's going to be epic. It's going to be amazing. And you guys are definitely in the conversation for that based on the first cool. half and what you have for the second half. So uh, I think I speak for everybody that loves this brand. We're stoked about what you're coming out with in the future. But we appreciate everything you've already done in 2019 and like just wish you the best of success going forward because brands like yours are what what I create Fitness Informant for in the first place. Like, uh -huh. this is what I want people to know. This is a brand you can trust in with your money. Like, you work hard for your money, your supplements should work hard for you. I say it all the time. Yeah. Like, Nutribio is a brand that can do that. So, from everybody and myself, buddy, I appreciate it. Uh -huh. I, I love the tour here. I, I'm excited for the rest of the day, and, and you guys aren't gonna see the rest of the day, but we're gonna have some fun. So. Eddie's gonna come back, because when he shows you all the videos and I'm explaining what we do here, every room was empty. So, yeah. we went room to room, process to process, but there was nothing in there. We'll so, get it done. you're gonna come back in four weeks or so we'll get it done. when the facility's back up and operational. Uh, yeah. And Let's I go. appreciate everything you're doing, man. Let's Let go. See. Yeah. All right. You're helping change the industry. You're That's changing good. the industry. Cool, man. All right, everybody, that is the OG Mr. One and Only Mark Laser, CEO of one of my favorite brands in the world, Nutribio Labs. Uh, I love talking with Mark, and I'm stoked to go back out there here on Friday to speak with Mark again and to see the facility and to hang out for the BioCrew event that they're going to have um, that everybody that is part of the Nutribio fam is welcome to come out and enjoy that. They're doing like a barbecue. There's going to be a mechanical bowl. It's, it's, um, it's going to be a, to a, a tour of the manufacturing facility. I'm going to lift with Mark again on Monday morning. This time, he's putting me through the ringer, and then obviously, we're going to take our traditional dive into the Atlantic Ocean, so I'm stoked about that. So um, a lot of cool stuff from Nutribio here in the first half of the year, a lot of cool stuff coming out here in the second half of the year, including ethics, which we talked about at fitnessinformant.com. And um, you know, just keep your eye on this brand. They are a very well-known brand now. They're a very high-quality brand, and uh, they deserve the recognition to be in the conversation for Brand of the Year, uh, specifically this year, because they won it in 2017, and now that we have a WWE-style championship belt as our Brand of the Year award, uh, I believe Mark would love to wear that around the HQ there in, uh, in Middlesex, New Jersey. So if you liked what you heard today, again, hit that subscribe button there on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. Write us a review to help out the algorithm. Follow us on all of our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Appreciate you all tuning in. Next week, John Meadows. That's right, John Meadows on the Be Informed Live Fit podcast, one of the most well-respected individuals, personalities, human beings in the world of fitness and nutrition. John joins me and we talk about it all from anything from his days in bodybuilding to coaching clients to granite supplements. So that comes up next week right here at the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. Y'all hang loose, take care, be informed, and live fit.